Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. In today's episode, I am the guest instead of my normal position as the host of the podcast. And I am the guest of Stephen T. Harper as he kicks off his new podcast called What's Your Theory? where he interviews people who have, or think they have at least, uh, as he puts it, good answers to the big questions about how the world works. And do I have a theory for him? Some of you may remember that I was a frequent guest on his previous podcast, Reasonably. And I've always loved talking to Steve because he's a really smart guy and uh, really enthusiastic about learning more about Integral, and that just brings out the best in me. So it's always a pleasure. Today, we focus on one of the key principles of Integral Theory, which is that human consciousness and culture evolve. And we explore this evolution from the dawn of culture, around 50,000 years ago, right up to today, where Integral Theory is so helpful in understanding our wild and crazy world. For a lot of you, this will be a overview and refresher of integral theory. Uh, but for those of you who may be new, or if you want to send this to somebody who's interested in uh, integral theory, I think it's a good on-ramp to one of the foundational principles of integral theory, which is the evolution of the human interior. Okay, so here we go. Stephen T. Harper and me in the inaugural episode of What's Your Theory? with a special early guest appearance by Alan Watts and Terrence McKenna. You're listening to What's Your Theory? But on the other hand, if you think about that for a few minutes, I am absolutely amazed to discover myself on this rock ball rotating around a, sp a spherical fire. It's a very odd situation. And the more I look at things, I, I cannot get rid of the feeling that existence is quite weird. That's like believing that you understand Los Angeles if you have the telephone directory, you know? I mean, this is the level of genetics today. What they say, they say they understand life and they have the telephone directory and they're talking about Los Angeles because they can look up, you know, where the genes are, the coding for the proteins, you know. Does this tell us anything about a broken heart or a messiah or a Hitler? I don't think so. Problem is, he's lost his sense of wonder. Wonder is, is like, a, in, in modern philosophy, something you mustn't have. It's like enthusiasm in 18th century England. It's very bad form. <laughs> but you see, I don't know what question to ask when I wonder about the universe. It isn't a question that I'm wondering about, it's a feeling that I have. Because I cannot formulate the question that is my wonder. The moment my mouth opens to utter it, I suddenly find I'm talking nonsense. But that should not uh, prevent wonder from being the foundation of philosophy. So, there is obviously a place in life for a religious attitude in the sense of awe, astonishment at existence. And that is also a basis of respect for existence. 
We don't have very much of it in this culture, even though we call it materialistic. In the culture that we call materialistic today, we are, of course, bent on the total destruction of material and its conversion into junk and poisonous gas as quickly as possible. This is not a materialistic culture because it has no respect for material. And respect is in turn based on wonder, on feeling the marvel of just an ordinary pebble in your fingers. This is Stephen T. Harper, and What's Your Theory is next. Concentrate. What's Your Theory is looking for good ideas about how the world works, ideas about why the world works the way it does, and hopefully, ideas that offer insight about how to happily live in the world, how to navigate the world to create the best possible journey for yourself, and maybe, just maybe, make it a better place for having been in it for a little while. Science, spirituality, politics, culture, no topic is off limits as long as there's an interesting theory behind it. And that brings us to our inaugural guest. Jeff Salzman is the co-founder of the Boulder Integral Center in Boulder, Colorado. He is on the board of directors for the Institute of Cultural Evolution. He is the creator of the Daily Evolver podcast. And above all else, perhaps, as his resume indicates, he is an advocate and a teacher of integral philosophy. And finally, since he and I met over a year ago on my former podcast, he is my internet pal, Welcome to What's Your Theory, Jeff Salzman. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. Oh, and it sounds good this time, too. Oh, good. Little does the world know of the technical difficulties of launching the first episode <laughs> of a podcast. So true. So uh, we are going to launch into talking about integral philosophy in, in just cool. one moment. But first, I want to read something that Jeff Salzman wrote before I ask him directly about this. This is uh, just the opening sentence of about integral theory on his website. Integral theory is a school of philosophy that seeks to integrate all of human wisdom into a new emergent worldview that is able to accommodate the gifts of all previous worldviews, including those which have been historically at odds, science and religion, Eastern and Western schools of thought, and pre-modern, modern, and post-modern worldviews. So... Jeff Salzman, what is integral philosophy, and where did it come from? Well, the easy question first. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, philosophically, it's a stream of thought that people trace back to Hegel for the, is sort of the father of it, and it moves up through Whitehead and Teilhard de Chardin and and others, and and also developmental psychologists. Uh, like Maslow and Piaget and those folks. But mainly, it's the idea that the, um, that the universe is evolving. And it's evolving not just in terms of the exteriors, in terms of the stuff of the universe. I mean, that's 
already scientifically accepted, the idea that there was a Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago, and out of that came atoms and molecules and coalesced, you know, four billion years ago into the Earth. And then over time, life evolved, and then organisms evolved into mollusks and fish and mammals and human beings. That's all scientifically given to us. Mm-hmm. What integral theory adds to that is that that evolution is not just happening in the world of, of materiality, but it's also happening in the interior world, the world of consciousness, and that um, consciousness has evolved all the way up and has complexified in human beings. And of course, cultures in human beings, if we want to get more granular, and this is where integral theory really uh, pays attention, is basically the evolution of human consciousness. So you could say then, uh, the idea is something like, if evolution is real, and that's something that's, you know, not controversial, if evolution is real, it isn't just real biologically, it's real for everything. In other words, evolution is how the universe works. On all levels. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it works by including what has come before. Molecules include atoms. Mm. And then transcending them into a new structure that is generally just kind of mind-blowing. I mean, the next stage of evolution, biologically and in terms of consciousness, is always sort of a shock. Well, because it's always something that had not been seen before. Yeah. And could not be... Um, you know, sort of predicted by adding up the component parts that you currently have. Mm. Okay. That, I mean, that, that brings me to one of the things that I like about this a lot is that there's a sense of context and continuity with the past. Old, yeah. old ideas are not discarded in this philosophy. They are integrated, but, you know, hence yes. the name. Yes. Yeah. And, and what we can see is that even to take our um, uh, situation in contemporary America or the contemporary West in general, mm-hmm. um, we have several stages of consciousness that are online at the same time. We have traditional thinking, which tends to be ethnocentric. This came online about 5,000 years ago. Mm. And, um, you know, it's just you're basically social conservative uh, values, rules and discipline. It has faith in a God generally or some sort of a transcendent reality. And that stage of development uh, still very much exists. There are people who have their center of gravity at that stage of development now. That's where their hearts are, if you will. When you're saying stage of development, you're saying that or you're, when you're saying that when a stage of development comes online, meaning that yes. it, it is it is functioning in the human world, that stage, when it's happening, is the biggest and greatest advancement that there's been. So it's it's in other words, it's 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 not only appropriate to its time; it's the best thing that its time has to offer. Right? Absolutely. So it's it's, it's, it's the, the cutting new thing coming. Yeah, it's the cutting edge. Okay. Absolutely. And traditionalism is interesting to think of in those terms because we think of it now as being a lagging edge of development because we have modernity online and post-modernity online. But back in the day, you know, 5,000 years ago, when, you know, one of the great pivots of into traditionalism 
was Moses coming down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments Hmm. and saying that actually it's not okay to lie, it's not okay to steal, it's not okay to go take your neighbor's wife, uh, etc. And this was news. Hmm. This was, uh, you know, before that, you would be irresponsible not to go take your neighbor's stuff if you could. Uh, and if it would help you, or more likely, it's tribe against tribe. And, mm. and, and of course, we know now through forensics, uh, forensic uh, anthropology that the violence level in tribal humanity was, you know, 30 and 40 times what it is in the modern world now, even in, you know, the worst of our you know, sort of pre-modern subcultures, if you will. So, so 5,000 years ago, there was an advancement in in the overall consciousness of humans yes that began to instill laws 10 commandments that kind of yep. thing and yes it, and, and, and what and, that did was it civilized us mm-hmm. before that we were you know more aggressive impulsive ruthless you know um uh, courageous all of that good stuff so before the traditional culture was the warrior culture which is beautiful in its own way as well, actually. I mean, today is a good day to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And, but you can't really get much more than 40 or 50 or maybe 80 people together in that kind of a, a, a consciousness. Mm. In order to complexify, we needed to civilize ourselves and, and see that vengeance is mine. We no longer have to have these honor killings and revenge cycles that would go on for, you know, basically hundreds of years. And now God is is in his heaven and he's ruling things and we don't have to work it out in that same way. We just have to be obedient and disciplined. And that's astonishing. Moses came down and he says, I come to give you freedom. You know, now we look at traditional culture and we think it's suffocating. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was like a whole new breath of fresh air that we could actually be obedient and organized and faithful. And so that sort of thing. Faithful to more than like just your own family, your own children. Exactly. Your own tribe. So you're you're expanding. It allows it allows expansion away from small groups of people to large groups of people and allows them to live together. Exactly. And the same thing was happening in the East with the advent of Confucianism and then Buddhism Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, basically organized warriors Mm -hmm. into, um, you know, servants, uh, faithful deacons. Do, do these things come online roughly simultaneously around the world? Like it's not it's not necessarily having to do with Moses, right? It's it's it, it, was it happening on continents far away at the same time? Yes, exactly. And Confucianism would be the um, worldview that came online to bring in traditionalism in China, for instance. Okay. And every country that um, that um, enters traditionalism does it in their own way uh, when, when it's first emergent. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is the colonialism goes and imposes it on pre-traditional structures and or pre-traditional societies get traditionalism laid on top and that could be problematic and we have that whole colonial sort of thing. But, um, 
but but the, 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 the what's interesting or it's all interesting but. I have a question about why that's problematic is that problematic because they're not integrating what came before colonialism yeah. is problematic because it does not try to integrate tribalism it tries to smash it exactly so it's yes. like it's like forced evolution yes exactly which doesn't work and, well it, yeah it works in uh, sort of chaotic ways so mm-hmm. you can actually get pre-traditional people to sort of sit down and shut up and you know sit in a row and and, and you know go to church but first chance they have they're going to go back to you know uh, sacrificing a chicken mm-hmm. uh, you know and and or whatever well uh, if I you wonder... get down into deep tribal you know you want to eat the heart of your enemy I mean that you get down into this real rich liquid magic these mm-hmm. earlier cultures and and I just want to say just to sort of jump to the chase a little bit what integral consciousness tries to do which is what we see is the, the stage of development that's happening now that's coming online that's that's actually post postmodern the integral worldview wants to integrate the best of all of these earlier stages so the sort of magic of of tribal culture the 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 sort of courage and and uh, uh, i am aliveness mm-hmm. of warrior culture and then also the faithfulness and um of course we want to be civilized uh, which is what traditional culture brings that aspect of it right there seems to me to be the the heart of why this would be considered an evolutionary move or an advancement because going back to that idea of traditional societies trying to force their values on tribal societies yeah. I, I used the term forced evolution because it was the first thing that popped into my head but as I was as I was thinking about it that's that's wrong it's not it's not evolution at all it's just it's just forcing your will on on other people and uh, discounting what you just said the things the things that are great about the previous stage the thing that's right. great about tribalism is you know a, a, a sense of oneness with the world around you which people who live in larger societies gradually begin to lose Yes. Right. So if you yes. if you stamp out tribal culture in favor of being able to, you know, create the East India Company or building a Walmart or whatever it is, if you stamp it out to do that and just say, look, this is the way things are now. Deal with it. Something fantastic is lost. Yes. So that's right. The the evolutionary thing about integrating is pulling back digging back for what was lost and making it alive again. Exactly. Yeah. And and also sort of making friends with history Mm. in the sense that we realize that traditionalism had to wring superstition out of the system. It it really, of course, it overdid it. It Mm. burned witches. You know, it did all of the stuff that traditionalism did. uh, But you know, we, we have to be a little bit forgiving because that has to be completely taken out of the system so that we can move forward. Mm-hmm. And and the and so traditionalism really gets its hegemony uh, in in the last several thousand years. And then 300, 400 years ago, a whole new thing came online, mm-hmm. which is what we call modernity. Mm-hmm. And this is this realization of 
And it's astonishing when you just think of what evolution's doing here, what all that hydrogen that popped into out of nothing 13.8 billion years ago. Mm-hmm. It's somehow organized itself into these beings who realize that the world is knowable on its own terms that I don't actually need to go to the scriptures to understand the world. I can see that lightning is actually the discharge of electricity. I can see that um, the, 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 the uh, human beings are made up of atoms. I could see that the earth uh, revolves around the sun. And this whole new thing comes online. And of course, traditionalism fought a tooth and nail. There's always a but, collision. Yeah, it, it is. That's right. And all of these worldviews basically, I hate to say hate each other, mm-hmm. but they're certainly just been in, at endless odds and, and oftentimes hot wars with each other. Well, it seems, um, you know, if it's a completely new idea coming along to an old one, it's alien. Yes. So, I mean, a traditional culture that's invading a tribal culture, these are alien invaders. Yes. And I guess, you know, if it's if it's 1600 and and Francis Bacon is writing his books and and uh, Descartes is doing his thing and uh, Isaac Newton is right around the corner. These ideas are frightening and alien. Yes. To to the status quo. Absolutely. And the status quo does not go down easily. Well, and again, also the collision, it's an, it's not only is it alien, but there's an inherent act of, of aggression in it because it's saying, no, the, the earth is not the center of the universe. We revolve around the sun. We're actually really tiny. You're just wrong about everything you think. Yeah. And, Isn't it something? Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's like we went from a world, one of the, our, our leading integral philosophers today, Ken Wilber, mm-hmm. talks about how when we move from traditionalism to modernity, that we move from a world where God is everywhere mm-hmm. to a world where God is nowhere. It's just God's God's wrung out of the system at Mm -hmm. this point. And we can see the difference in traditional societies today, like in the Middle East, where, I mean, they're just dripping in religion. And and what's good about that, what's beautiful about that is that the world is dripping with meaning. Well, as as integral philosophy is, is allowing for now, they're not wrong. Right. They're just exactly they're they're looking at it a different way. Yes. I, w- I want to interrupt just for one second just to tell the audience because I just realized I've made no mention of the fact that there's a chart and like you can follow along with this. If if you look on the website of this podcast, the chart is there and you can see what we're talking about because there is a, a spectrum of movement from tribal culture to traditional culture to modern to postmodern and all the way up to higher levels of things that I don't think anybody's even there yet, or maybe one or two people are. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to make sure that they could see that so that you yeah, you can really look helpful. at this. It's much easier to follow the conversation like that. Um, yeah. And that's why I wanted to make one other point after saying that is I think this is another thing that, is, that has attracted me to this idea and what makes your podcast so interesting to me is this newer idea that's coming online 
for society or for human culture allows for the fact that what came before it is not wrong. Right. Because what we were just talking about before, when when traditional meets tribal, it crushes it. When modern thought meets traditional thought, it leaves no room for it. As right. you said, it, it, it removes that God was everywhere and then God is nowhere. Yeah. Well, one well, thing what, that's what, interesting what, about this chart that you can see is the tribal red tribal was online 15,000 years ago. That was the cutting edge of thought. Then 5,000 years ago, so 10,000 years later, traditional cultures started to emerge. This modern thing where Descartes and, and those people are telling everyone in the world that they're wrong about everything, that was 300 years ago. Yep. And now what you're calling postmodern is 50 years ago. So yep. what, what you're seeing is these things are happening faster and faster. And what I'm excited about is the next step on this chart allows for the other things to exist without having to crush them. Without yeah. without having to discard everything because it's 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 a a, a recognition yes. that the postmodern not postmodern I'm sorry modern so you know going back to the 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 Enlightenment period 1600s yeah, rational and on, scientific yep that is was a uh, a necessary thing but it's also it's coming to a to uh, I, I don't know if the word is conclusion, but it's coming to a thing where the cutting edge of human thought is now opening the door for all the stuff that that's stamped out to be reintegrated into the way we think so that we have both. We yep. can we can recognize that God was everywhere in our thoughts. Then God was nowhere. It's getting to a point where we can go, well, actually... It's really just that what we are looking at is bigger than we, than what we thought, and there's no reason why, if you want to call it God, you can't do that. Yeah, but that's right. Tw- Twenty years ago, that would get you laughed out of, you know, a university right. or something like that. That's right. Yeah, what modernity did that was also sort of new in in human history was it created different spheres of values. Mm-hmm. So modernity allowed traditionalism to exist. You could still have freedom of religion. You could go to the church of your choice. That's new, completely new in human history. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to bother you. You're free to think whatever you want. That's the realization of modernity is that I myself am sovereign. And that was I mean, hard that, one, that, right? There was a lot of oh blood spilled to get there. God. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The you know autocrats and the whole sort of traditional society uh, of monarchy and, and theocracy, they don't want to, you know, the idea that, that every person has, that, that the locus of sovereignty is in everyone, every single breast mm-hmm. is astonishing new realization. And of course, many cultures have not gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we see through the Middle East and, in, you know, a lot of the world, most people on the wor- in the world between 60 and 70 percent, uh, developmentalists think, are uh, pre-modern in terms of their sort of center of gravity, their psychological center of gravity. They may be able to use modern tools. They can drive a car, you know, all of the things that uh, that uh, pre-modern people could do. But they they're, they're not really thinking in those terms. Mm-hmm. So then modernity comes online and, and it just completely changes the world that 
adopts it, uh, it uh, modernity be, uh, people in modernity become radically pacified. Uh, there's there's uh, far less violence in modernity. In fact, modern people don't fight other modern people. They see that there's just nothing in it for them. Mm-hmm. Now, modern people will, however, fight traditional people and often do it uh, quite brutally. Uh, but so anyway, that's the, the, we can see that manifesting all over the the world today. Uh, but what's I just want to just put everything on the table. Uh, about 50 years ago, as you say, uh, postmodernity became started coming online, and uh, and this is basically the reaction to World War II uh, and and basically the first half of the 20th century, where people realized that this idea that modernity, that the Enlightenment, that rationality was going to save humanity was it, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. In fact, what we had was modern weaponry in the hands of a pre-modern mentality. Hmm. So we had genocide and we had a sort of an industrialized death sequence with these concentration camps. We had the atomic bomb. Uh, and and that's sort of some of the messiness of hmm. how a evolution happens. So you have technology can move people into a modern world but they still have this idea that my tribe or my race uh, shall be triumphant. Right. And postmodernity says, fuck all of those stories. I don't want to hear about your tribe. I don't want to hear about your clan. I don't want to ha- hear about the enlightenment and, and the, 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 the moral superiority of science and rationality. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, nothing works. N- none of this. It's all a bunch of shit. And so postmodernity, you know, there's there's earlier people. Uh, postmodernity sort of had flashes 150 years ago and, uh, with uh, some philosophers and with, you know, um, uh, Oscar Wilde and just sort of the cynicism and, and so forth. But well, maybe it was, the Civil War in the United States. Yeah. Civil War would would be seen as a as a uh, conflict between modernity and traditional. Mm-hmm. So we had traditional agrarian culture and a modern industrial culture in the north. And one of the interesting things about modernity, I talk about how it pacifies. It it's pacified. Every culture on the planet that had slavery uh, ended it if they became modern mm-hmm. after like starting in 1870. And so, you know, modernity just finds that slavery, which was, you know, everywhere uh, in traditional societies, you know, radically immoral. It's really interesting how that happens. But so anyway, well, go go on. Well, I was just going to say on the chart that I'm looking at, uh, civil rights is listed as postmodern. Yes, that's right. Oh, you talked about civil rights. I thought you were talking about the Civil War. Well, I well, I, I did say civil war, but I, I mean, I was talking about emancipation movements. Uh, we, right. I was talking about the ideas coming forward of people who uh, weren't at the top of society didn't necessarily need to be treated like animals. You're right. No, well, that absolutely to the degree that slavery and that sort of thing, that real 
um, uh, physical domination ended with modernity. That's true. But the idea of civil rights in this in the in in the 60s, Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of green flavored civil rights where it's not just um, well, you know, there were laws, uh, the, the, the Jim Crow laws. Uh, it wasn't until 1964 that the legal system changed to make it basically racially in color and creed blind. Mm. Uh, that's astonishing that well it, that it took 100 years after the Civil War for that to be actually codified mm-hmm. is really an important piece of the, the green uh civil rights movement and then civil rights also started including gays and um uh even animals now uh mm-hmm. are seen as having rights and but, that's the, the continuation of this postmodern worldview when you look at it like that though when you look at it as a spectrum you can see that what was happening in the 1960s was was a, a result of something that happened in the 1860s like yeah. it's a, it's a, there's a through line, you know, there's which which actually leads me to a question I wanted to ask you when you're saying that things are coming online. How many people are we talking about? Because you're talking about like the the cutting edge of developmental thought. Right. So that theoretically, that could be one person. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that could be the Buddha was the cutting well, edge are- of rational thought in his day. How many people does it take to, to switch from modern to postmodern? Uh, well, very good question. First of all, there are always people who are spiking into these levels, these very, very high levels all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and actually, we see them as being saints and sages. Mm. There's something about Jesus coming and saying that you don't have to be a Jew. You could spread this word to everybody. Mm. Now, it took. 2000 years for us to do that but there was something about that that we found holy even back then mm-hmm. even though it was so foreign so the, the, there are always people who are sort of these shining lights of where we're going and and, and what's drawing us mm-hmm. but when we talk about moving from um, one stage to the other it's a little bit like uh, a, a violin string you know, there's a sort of an infinite movement of vibration. Uh, depending, you could move your finger just a, you know, a, a micrometer. Mm-hmm. But there are still these notes that coalesce and cohere as being something where you can say that's different than the other one. Mm-hmm. And so that's the same here. The, 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 these are probability clouds. People have, like I said, modern technology, pre-modern minds. People can be have uh, different lines of development in terms of their, interper- their interpersonal development, their moral development, their spiritual development, their cognitive development. And they can be you know, at different stages, but there's a probability cloud. And and so we say that a, a, a country or a culture moves from one stage to the other when the population reaches around 10 percent. That seems to be um, how it works. The population and, and, that holds the new idea. Exactly. Okay. And so we see that in America uh, with the founding of like the Declaration of Independence is just a quintessential modern document. Mm-hmm. Where it says that, you know, all men are created equal and all of that good stuff and, and you know, and and gets rid of the monarchy and 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 and, and basically the rights of man. 
That's a big insight of modernity. Well, maybe 10% of the people in America actually had that stage of consciousness, actually thought that way. And yet the world turned, you know. Well, and, and, and yet, it, 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 just to, to, to finish the point, it turned in terms of its sort of ideals, right? But it didn't actually turn uh, uh, in terms of its actual behavior for a lot longer than that. You well, know, took the Civil that, War I was going to so say that's a that's a perfect example. The the founding fathers of the United States. It's a big conversation right now after what happened in Charlottesville a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of people going, well, you know, Thomas Jefferson had slaves. George Washington, a lot of people, the president of the United States is saying this. Uh, George Washington had slaves. But in order to get to the, pl- to the place where they didn't have slaves and, they, and slavery was banished, they had to have the idea first. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the, and I don't mean first before other people. I mean, the idea had to come to them first. Yes. So you're talking about people that are... When you're saying George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, you're talking about early presidents of the United States, people at the absolute apex on, of the they're society. On, they're on Mount Rushmore. Right. They're at the apex of the society, <laughs> and they have this idea first, yeah, yeah. and then they get rid of the slaves later. Washington yeah. in his lifetime, Jefferson, after he died, you know, he willed that his slaves be released. Yep. That's not good, but... It's better than not, and it's progress, right. you know. Yeah. And you and you see, you can see the progress comes where, like, I'm on board with your idea that so Thomas Jefferson, in writing the all these documents, uh, has this notion, and the notion is not a reality; it's a goal. Yeah, and you think the you think the thing, then you write it down, and then. You, it's in the world now, and people yeah. begin to live it, and things change. Yes. So, a hundred or ninety years later, another president, there is no more slavery in yes. America. It's over. And then a hundred years after that, we still have problems, but it's not as. But the problems aren't the same as actually having slavery, right? I mean, you right. so you can see this progress. This this yes. going back to the idea that that what you're saying is that. Evolution and the and and human development because humans don't just develop biologically. We have, uh, you know, there's such a thing as intellect. There's there's, I would argue, such a thing as a soul. There's consciousness, whatever you want to call it. All of those things evolve as because that's the process. That's yeah. the process that that the universe. That's how it works. And so yeah. if you you put this map that that you have the these these the spectrum of development you superimpose that map over history and you can see it happening. Yeah, absolutely. Which, and and that that's why we say that evolution is beautiful but it's not pretty. Right. <laughs> And and that's so we you know this Jefferson thing. It's one of the most jaw dropping things in, that I can think of. Is the guy who wrote the fucking Declaration of Independence bought and sold human beings. Yeah. I mean, it's just you you can't make this up. Mm-hmm. But that you're right. I mean, the, actually thinking the thought of the rights of individual human beings, which had really not been thought of before in all of human history. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, not really. Uh, 
that, that, that thinking that thought and having another person think that thought and have another person think that thought and having conversations about it actually starts to thicken that uh, what we call morphogenic groove mm-hmm. in consciousness, mm-hmm. that there actually is a non-material reality that is sort of uh, evolving itself that then we're born into now a, a, a child like when we were children or child born today is born into a culture where the center of gravity is between modern, postmodern, traditional. All three are online and all three are. This is the culture war in America is between these three cultures that are online. But a child's born at the sort of early infrared archaic level and moves up through all of these so that, you know, you're going to be modern or postmodern by the time you're 18 or 20. If you make it that far, some people, they're, they're happy being traditionalists and that's as far as they're going to go in terms of their, uh, their hearts. And does it and have anything can... to do? It doesn't have anything to do with intelligence or even education. No, no it doesn't. So you, you can know, be just... the most educated person in the world with an IQ of 160 and still be traditional. Absolutely. Or modern and yeah. postmodern people make you nauseous. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I just spent a couple of days with my brother-in-law, who is a nuclear engineer who believes that the Earth is 6,000 years old. And, uh, and he's very smart, and he's very uh, hip to what's going on, but he comes from that traditional point of view. I mean, he is, uh, you know, pro-Trump and, and, and carries a gun and uh, all, you know, all of the stuff that we liberals think, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? But <laughs> it's a different world view. Yeah. And the upside for him is that he has this amazing family, these amazing kids, these amazing grandkids. Uh, their, their life together is so rich. And, and, and then it's just God just shines on them, you know, and they have their tragedies. It's not like it's all pretty, mm-hmm. but their their life is lit up by the love of God. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't want, thank you very much, but they're not that interested in a worldview that says that we are a, a, a con accidental conglomeration of atoms that happen to think that we're real, that are, you know, f- flying on this rock through space. That that worldview doesn't appeal to them. That's you the can begin to understand. Worldview? Well, that's the modern worldview that that's says that okay. science rings all of the all of the magic out of the world is now gone. Modernity. When does and magic post- come back into it? Because I feel like that's where I am. Well, magic starts coming back at postmodernity. That's when at okay. least we want to open up to what happens in postmodernity is that we become sensitive. We become interested in our interiors. This is the whole psychological project comes online and the idea of the um, uh, unconscious and that that's a real thing and that it has sway over us and Freud and 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 then uh, and, and then again, just you, you couldn't predict this from human history. We become nice. Mm hmm. You know, we actually, our project becomes that we want to go back and rehabilitate the, the, the victims of the earlier stages. Hmm. So we see that warrior culture divides the world into predators and prey. Traditional culture 
divides the world between saints and sitters. Modern culture divides the world between winners and losers. And at post-modernity, we say we're not going any further until we take care of the victims and we integrate the sinners and the losers and we and everybody's in the family again. Hmm. And, 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 and it just hurts until that's true. And, you know, post-modernity, in terms of people who are at the center of gravity of postmodern, it's about 20, 25, maybe 25, but more likely 20% of the American population. Mm-hmm. It's not that many people. I mean, that's a lot. And when you're considering that in, in 1945, there was pr- approximately 2 or 3%, maybe. That's pretty good. Uh, it came on very strong. It came on, post-modernity came on a lot in terms of culture you know, the 60s mm. and, 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 you know, the idea of equality and pluralism. And, uh, and, and, you know, I often think that, you know, as we talk about these earlier stages, divide the world between, you know, sinners and saints and winners and losers. What postmodernity does, it, it divides the world between postmodernity still has its enemies. Believe me, it it's it's it hates modernity. It's very suspicious of traditionalism. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to ask know. that question. I mean, there's a lot of aggression coming out of the postmodern Absolutely. And, and, it's, and some of it's it. fairly ugly. I, I'm wondering, well, it seems like you were just getting on that. So where, where does that come from? Like the, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of anger and what is disappointing to see, cause I think I, I generally feel like what you just said, like about the niceness of it, but what's disappointing to see is the cruelty. Um, yeah. it's usually with words, um, but you know the the with the advent of anonymity on the internet, you just feel more comfortable uh, expressing your anger, you know. Yeah. And it's I, you know you and I have talked before, you know, outside of this. But I mean, I, I totally see it in myself. What you know, I'm I'm reading the newspaper and I read the comment section and I see somebody and I'm just like this guy really needs to understand how much of an idiot he is. And I take it upon myself to explain that to him. And then after I'm done doing that, I'm like, I don't even know who that is. You know, that, that, that could have been a 12 year old kid, you know, know, and I'm just, I just like nuked his thing. And I'm like, you know, yeah. wh- why did I do that? Like, what does that help? What, yeah. How much does my rage help, <laughs> help move right, the world? Exactly. Into a well, higher... actually we can see that the, you know, if all of the layers that we just talked about of developments, even the, the sort of tribal, that warrior, traditional, modern, those are all in us as individuals as well. We can actually access them. And a lot of times they, you know, sort of have a mind of their own. And like what you're talking about is actually an accessing of the warrior consciousness mm. where I just want to fight. Yeah. You know, I just want to fight and I want to and I want to defeat you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm modern and postmodern and I'm going to do it with ideas and thoughts instead of uh, uh, clubs and, and guns. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I still am in battle with you. And that's all right. I mean, I, I often think that the comment section of the, some of these websites, it reminds me of my voice dialogue therapy sessions when I was doing gestalt therapy. And you let all of these crazy voices uh, out of your, you know, your, you, you express 
crazy Jeff and, and mm-hmm. critical Jeff and childhood Jeff and mm-hmm. uh, wounded Jeff and all, all of these subpersonalities. This is one of the projects of postmodernity is we start getting really interested in our own psyches yeah, and all of these voices that are there. And we do let them out, and, it, it, and we do it in a way that isn't necessarily skillful, but so what, in mm-hmm. a way? I mean, it's like, do you sort of blame a l- little two-year-old for not being skillful at walking? No. Right. I mean, they're just learning it. Right. And, and that's some of what we're learning as we you know, want to integrate all of these levels. We still want our fierce warrior to be available to us, sometimes in an argument, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want to be in control. We just want to, you know, bring them out when it's appropriate. Certainly, you want to bring them out if somebody attacks you in a dark alley. You want to have that warrior right there handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so that's that's what we move into beyond this sort of postmodern into integral. We start making friends with all of these previous stages. And, you know, just again to sort of make sure the table's fully set here. Postmodernity is not friendly to modernity and, right. and traditionalism. And part of the reason why is because postmodernity has a realization that we call it a world centric realization. So I'm no longer a citizen of America. I'm a citizen of the world when by the time I get to postmodernity. I actually feel the what's going on in other parts of the globe in a way that I didn't before, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the things you realize is that the growth sort of orientation of modernity, modernity just wants to grow. It wants to create material value. It wants to get wealth. It wants to get more comfortable and secure and all of that good stuff that modernity does do. We mm-hmm. have tripled lifespans with modernity. But the growth mentality, Green can see that this growth mentality is out of control and that we actually have a, a limit. The, the world is the limit. And so Green wants to move in, into sustainability. Green is postmodern and, for the exactly. listeners. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. Green is postmodern. Postmodernity wants sustainability instead of growth as the sort of economic model, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, postmodernity also sees that, yes, modernity, you... Uh, gave us civil rights laws and you outlawed slavery, but you still have because uh, postmodernity is is in touch with interiors. We have this internalized racism, and they see it, you know, and 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 modernity doesn't really see it. Modernity is annoyed by postmodernity wanting to make them look at their privilege, mm-hmm. uh, but postmodernity has a point. In the sense that, uh, and, and this is the the, the 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 study that I read that slays me, is that uh, if if uh, uh, three identical resumes go out, the one whose name is Jamal instead of John mm-hmm. will get one sixth the responses. The one who is Juan J U A N gets something in the middle. I forget the the details, but yes, there is still this internalized uh, racism. If you will, it's it's there's it, it's there's nothing wrong with it in the sense that uh, for all of human history, we've been racist, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, in the ter- in the sense that, you know, we went from bands to clans to tribes to nations and and there was always an other. Uh, so postmodernity just wants to wring all of that out of the system. 
So I, I want to... And they're mad at the people who haven't done it. Right. So I, I want to sum up these these two positions where we are right now, which is for the last 300 years, we have been existing as what integral philosophy calls modern. And I'm just reading off this chart. Values, rationality, and science. Individualism and democracy, capitalism and materialism, risk-taking and self-reliance. We've been that as the predominant thing, at least I suppose you'd have to say in the like first world cultures anyway, the predominant thing for the last 300 years. Yep. Now, the next level, which has been online for 50 years, so it's a much smaller number of people in 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 the world that exist as this is what you're calling postmodern and it reads here they values pluralism and equality uh, relativistic and sensitive civil rights and environmentalism world centric we've had this going on for 50 years and it's a a smaller percentage of of people than are existing in modern right so here's the 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 issue of you know what this can do for us i think is the level above that, which this chart identifies as integral, sees natural hierarchy and systems of systems. So sees natural hierarchy is an alien idea to the postmodern mind. Yes. Because the postmodern mind thinks everything is equal, which is what's yeah, very fr- that that's what's frustrating to the modern mind, because they're saying, no, it's not. I'm yeah. not equal. I, I own an NFL franchise. Right. I'm more than you. Right. So. So. And they're right. Right. So that's that's part of the problem is so postmodernism does not see the natural hierarchy, but the next level up does. So it's, it's integrating that knowledge that comes from two levels below from a from a developmental standpoint, a consciousness standpoint. It sees what was left behind. Uh, uh, In at integral, you can hold multiple perspectives. You can understand both points of view. Flexible, creative, and effective. Right now, it says on this chart that that is the leading edge of consciousness in this culture, in our culture. No, I'm sorry. It says leading edge of consciousness and culture. So we're talking about a small percentage. And the trick is, how do we get postmodern and modern? How does how does that small percentage come online before postmodern and modern kill each other? <laughs> well, um, that's a good, a very good question. Uh, 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 and basically, what what we realize at Integral is that um, the the earlier stages are actually supposed to be fighting with each other, mm-hmm. and we can feel them fighting with each other within ourselves. I have my traditional part. I have my modern part. I have my postmodern part. They're all fighting inside of me as well, but. The culture war is actually um, a fruitful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we if you look at um, evolution in general, even in terms of evolution in nature, we talk about nature being red in tooth and claw. Yeah, and and the way things move forward is by competing. And and um, uh, I, I often say it's the two F words: fighting and fucking. Mm-hmm. You know, that we that we move forward by doing those two things. Right. And so we can't help. But if we're postmodern, we're, we're world centric. 
we have some sense of being what they call woke in terms of this sort of internalized, you know, inequalities that are sort of still installed. Uh, we just naturally are uh, hate traditionalists who are waving flags and and defending Robert Lee E. Lee statues and 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 vice versa. And apparently that's how God wants it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have set up the world that way, but apparently God did. And I always love Walt Whitman. He says, urge and urge and urge, always the procreant urge of the world. Out of the dimness, opposite equals advance. And that's true. And that actually goes back to Hegel, which where he talks about how the way history moves forward is by having a synthesis, antithesis, I'm sorry, a thesis. So you have a worldview, you have a, a antithesis, so the worldview that is pushing off of that worldview. And, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons we push off of a worldview is because we're sick of it, we got everything it had to give, and it's boring us. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, and then there's a synthesis, where you sort of get the best of the two into and more. Actually, there's a new emergent. It's like hydrogen and all gases become liquid. It's mm-hmm. like a new whole thing that was completely unpredictable. And then that's how history moves forward. And so from an integral perspective, we want to see that, you know, fight away. Uh, go to those comment sections. Uh, th- and we also want to notice that the war, the culture war, is for the most part, um, not only for the most part, almost entirely pacified. Mm. That is, there's, you know, there, there are you know, a few people who die of it, like that poor woman down in Charlottesville. But for the most part, instead of, you know, knives and guns and clubs, we're just assassinating, assassinating each other's character. Do you and feel that's, like that's, that that, that uh, methodology is going to continue? or do Because I wonder, I mean, if we're looking just at, as history progresses, I mean, if looking back through history, World War II wasn't that long ago. Right. You know, and it was the bloodiest single thing that everything that ever happened but it seemed like if you if you compare if you compare violence in the 20th century to violence a long time ago it seems well, like vi- violence in the 20th century was getting everything out of your system at once and just you know lit- literally dropping nuclear bombs you know and yeah. then, and then that stopped and we've had uh, 70 years since of much less Violence, but I'm I'm beginning to wonder because it to me it looks like when you see what's going on in Charlottesville and you read you know I I just read the Washington Post every day and I see this this constant uh, drumbeat underneath of the traditional people they're easy to identify but the traditional people are not backing down or embarrassed they're emboldened. And they're creating like, you know, this enemy of uh, violent left wing people, which I think is greatly exaggerated, but they do exist. Right. Mm -hmm. The the Antifa and all that stuff. No one ever said that that uh, postmodern people can't be violent. They just don't want to be. 
And what concerns me is it seems like the the traditional values that are on display right now are asking for a fight that they don't necessarily even expect to win. It's just like, we can't deal with it. Fight us. Fight us, please. You know, I saw a thing with these this really interesting guy. I don't remember where. I think I think it was on television, but he was a former neo-Nazi and uh, he was explaining what it was like to be a neo-Nazi and he said, you know, I forgot where he was from. It was somewhere in the Midwest, but he said, you know, wherever we we were, uh, we couldn't get the the left the, the angry left wingers to fight us in our neighborhood. So we used to go to Chicago. It was like a 10-hour drive. We'd drive to Chicago because the angry left-wing people there were more like us. They were pissed off and angry and we could fight them. And we wanted to fight. That's actually all we wanted to do. Yeah, and exactly. he and he said, "This is a former, you know, neo-Nazi." He said, "You know, the only thing that ever made a difference to me, the only thing that that actually caused me to change, was whenever anybody treated me with kindness. I didn't know what to do. I I I couldn't really handle it. You know, I <laughs> I, I, I and it." It happened a few times, you know, and after several instances of of people who, in his mind, had absolutely no reason to treat him with kindness. He was only there to fight, you know, and yeah. he was perfectly happy dying. He was miserable life and, you know, he hated everything. Yeah. Yeah. But kindness changed him and caused him to grow and look and yeah. see, OK, why am I like this? You know, and now he's this extremely articulate man who is he wrote a book about how to not be a nazi anymore you know and that's a wonderful thing but listening to him talk and thinking okay so that guy got out of it but his attitude the one that he was describing i could see it's like these people don't even want to win this fight they just want to have it and if they got something if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing my concern is they're mistaken or people in general are mistaken if they think that people on the left wing are soft people on the uh, the, the left young people uh have a, a tremendous capacity for anger you know but they might need to be pushed a little harder but if you push them too hard the anger comes out all at once yeah I'm concerned really, about that yeah well it's 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 true and and the um the the thing that we need to notice and i think take some comfort in is that all of this is happening in a container that is the contemporary united states of america where the center of gravity is modern and postmodern and so you can't do violence in a modern postmodern culture and get away with it for long now could it break out we have a criminal element can a, sort of a riot spontaneously emerge but these days i mean when you consider that you know back in the 60s when we had the riots in watts mm-hmm. and and detroit i think there was 400 some people died in the the riots in detroit mm-hmm. you know i mean these days the 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 uh, law enforcement is so um smart and so well-equipped and so well-trained that, you know, we're going to have a one-off like Charlottesville where somebody actually got killed. But that 
you know, I don't see us having the kind of, you know, warfare, physical warfare. I mean, again, the warfare is still happening, but now it's in the form of thoughts, basically, mm-hmm. and arguments. And that is a, a huge progress. I I see that. I my I, I see that and and a year ago I was completely on board with with that notion. The thing that's concerning me right now is is um the idea of the traditional people feeling emboldened like they have some opportunity to turn back time and win this fight. What I'm mm-hmm. concerned about is the reaction of the people who are going to win this fight, which is you know, the next generation, I worry about the stability of democracy because I'm not so worried about the United States government becoming a Nazi regime. I'm a little bit worried about the backlash against that changing it to something else because left-wing extremism is just as bad. You know, (laughs) and I I worry that I'm concerned about the voices that are that are at the at the uh, the top of the societal uh, ladder, not really giving the right messages. I feel like there's there's very little in terms of instruction. (laughs) Sorry. You mean like Donald Trump? Yeah, but also, (laughs) well, particularly, but 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 everything around him. I mean, the including his opposition. I think that that there there isn't a lot of voices that are um, uplifting right now. There's a lot of people that are uh, I don't know. I guess frightened and 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 turning up the volume on fear on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not frightened by anything that they're saying, but I am a little concerned about. Uh, I'm concerned about how loud the traditional side is right now, because mm-hmm. when they do get put down in their place, which I think that's just as we've been discussing, I mean, the world is, evolves, right? The right. world doesn't move backwards unless, you know, unless we get hit by an asteroid. But I mean, asteroids aside, we're not moving backwards. So they're not going to win that fight. But I'm no. just worried about how much the uh, how confused is the situation going to get before it's rectified? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be rectified in the way that we normally think of things being rectified. We're we're just going to, you know, the way we get out of these things is to grow out of them. I hope so. Yeah. And and it's just like a child growing. I mean, we we enter this world where we're sort of like, um, you know, merged with nature and mother and so forth. And then we have this sort of tribal where we have the the world's magic and there are monsters under the bed and and the terrible twos and where we 
the sort of warrior comes online and we're impulsive and aggressive and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, we traditionalism comes over and we, we want to be good little, good little boys and girls and Girl Scout and Boy Scouts and Jesus loves us. And then we go to high school and we become modern. We learn science and then we go to college and move to Boulder, Colorado or somewhere <laughs> and become postmodern. And, uh, and of course, some people, you could stop at any of those stages. Yeah. And a lot of the people actually who are um, sort of uh, singing the, 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 at least the words of post-modernity and racism and so forth, they're actually coming from a red um, center of gravity. They just want to fight too. Yeah. The people who just want to fight basically have at least a sort of a, uh, a self-sense of red where they're just, yeah. they want to fight. You know, so they'll go on the on either the left or right, whichever one sort of serves their selfish needs, actually, mm-hmm. uh, at, at red. I mean, that's you're just trying to get your needs met. You're just trying to sort of triumph. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you're in, a, in one of the minorities or if you have a sort of a, 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 a grudge against the white America, mm-hmm. you're going to fight on the on the left side, but you're still going to be red. You're still going to be sort of a warrior. And so, you know, by the t- people who have a true postmodern view, they don't really want to fight physically. I mean, they will fight in the faculty lounge, so to speak. I mean, they'll have all kinds of uh, arguments about uh, hierarchy and racism and microaggressions and all of that kind of stuff could become very, very important and very, very powerful. And they'll fight to the, uh, 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 what should we say, poetic death, you know, not real death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they, you know, they'll go to the mat for that sort of thing. Well, that's uh, what I'm worried about, because I'm, I'm worried about the, that the definition of being willing to go to the mat changes, because a yeah, lot, a lot of the things that you just mentioned, um, there's, a, there's a lot of truth to it, but a lot of what they're saying, they're not always right. There's a, there's a lot of people that are just sort of reflexive about, about announcing who's right and who's wrong. You know what I mean? Right. And such attitudes when pushed to something more akin to self-preservation as opposed to just anger or disappointment or something like that. that that's all. I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to be doom and gloom. I'm just saying that my a year ago I would have described myself as being more or less Pollyanna-ish about the future. I think everything is going to... <laughs> I think that we are, you know, I think we're going to grow into the future. But what I've seen here recently, and I don't think any of it is so awful that it can't be fixed, but I've just, I've seen the creakiness of the uh, structure and it's made Mm -hmm. me realize, well, you know, all the other times when we were moving in from one thing to the, from one consciousness level to the next, it wasn't without blood. It's a lot of it, you know? So, so what we're talking about right now, which leads me to my last question, by the way. Um, what we're talking about now of, you know, can we take the two things that are online right now? Can we as a society take modern and postmodern along with traditional or maybe traditionals at this point is three steps back and just has to be left behind? I don't know. But can modern and postmodern coexist into 
integral, the next level where, you know, you can hold multiple perspective at, at once. Can it do that without massive, you know, without some kind of giant war or something like that? I think the answer is probably yes. But yeah. before you answer it, let me ask my, my last question, because it's basically this. Okay. Is integral philosophy a tool for human development or is it a tool for monitoring human development? <laughs> I love that question. Uh, it's it's both, actually, but more the second, in a sense. Um, what you realize when you sort of download this evolutionary view and you see that, you know, tribalists grow into warriors and warriors grow into traditionalists and traditionalists grow into modernists and postmodern and so forth and that that's a, just a natural hierarchy it's like an acorn growing into an oak there you can't skip stages no culture has no human being have now you could stop different cult cultures have stopped or you know they're just at the stage that the, the, a lot of cultures are still at traditionalism or even warrior stages people are at very different stages but just as a nine-year-old is not a defective 12-year-old we begin to see that everybody gets to be who they are. And yeah, they're going to fight. I mean, again, God seems to have set it up that we fight our way forward, and the other F word as well. And they also can't stay out of each other's hair. Do you notice how on the internet, and uh, you know, that postmoderns and traditionalists are on each other's throat? This is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just digits. It's just thoughts. It's ideas. Well, that's a huge uh, advance right there. The fact that absolutely. You, can, you can get absolutely. your anger out at a keyboard instead of yes. with a sword. Yes. And you could also sort of metabolize what needs to be metabolized by that fight. That fight is meaningful. Mm -hmm. But eventually you sort of learn everything. You, uh, what I think, see it, it, when I look at my own development, I just got bored with it at some point. You know, I just wasn't getting anything more. I, I got that all of my arguments, you know, uh, sort of got me where I was. And there was no more to be gotten. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's some, some of why you just want to move on. And, and then and, and, and people do, but they have to, you know, f sort of fight their way forward. Uh, and, um, and one of the things I think we can take comfort in is that the center of gravity of the culture is such that violence is not the first, second, or third means. Uh, th does it happen? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it is pretty effectively uh, snuffed out when it does. Mm -hmm. uh, so th that's what I'm sort of taking comfort in. Uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, believe me, a year ago, I was a lot more Pollyanna than I am now, too. Mm -hmm. I did not foresee this Trump guy, you know, getting where he's at. Uh, and that's another discussion. But uh, again, uh, evolution creates ever unfolding levels of goodness, truth and beauty. But it does it by means of things that are quite ugly, you know, and, 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 and you know, anything but good, true and beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a funny thing how that works. Excellent. Seems like a good place to yeah. stop. Um, yeah, I just I had one other observation that I felt like we didn't actually say when we were when we were talking about this is so 
we've divided our current culture as mostly modern and postmodern people, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I don't think that we really said was modern. The 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 step below, that's actually the. Uh, I don't know what, what do you call these individual things the 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 meme the the meme the worldview okay that's the worldview that's actually development. for the most part in charge the yes. modern the modern which is gradually being re- replaced by postmodern but modern is actually in charge these are the people that run all the major corporations the, you know a CEO yep. of a giant corporation very likely has a modern values, rationality, and science, individualism, and democracy, capitalism, and materialism, risk-taking, and self-reliance. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Rex Tillerson of Exxon, who's yep. now the Secretary of State of the United States. That's who's in charge of the world. Yeah. Now, you'll see that Tim Cook of Apple is, has a has that and a postmodern view. Yes. So, you know, they're, they're, some, of, some of the corporate... Uh, Elon you, you Musk... Can see the, yeah, exactly. So most people, uh, Steve, have two or three levels online in them at any given time. So you, we have a center of gravity where we want to cohere. But, you know, I, I could have postmodern thoughts, traditional thoughts and modern thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that, too, is part of the if you want to call it a problem of, of contemporary life, is that not only is culture stretched out among several different of these worldviews, two or three or sometimes four or more. And that's problematic. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the old days in tribal cultures for, you know, 150,000 years, there was nobody that wasn't a tribal. Right. You know, and at warrior culture, you'd still have some tribalists, but everybody was a warrior. Now we're stretched out and we have several different stages online at the same time. And I think that's great. It's it's way more interesting and fruitful, but it's got its problems, which is which is another reason why, you know, way back when 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 someone would come along who was advocating for something that's higher up on this spectrum. They were annoying as hell. They were burned well, exactly. at the stake and crucified. We'd either kill them or worship them. Right. We'd usually or, kill them either both. way. Both. <laughs> I mean, you didn't worship them while they were alive because they were no, annoying exactly. as hell. You had to kill them first. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, so this is the problem for the postmodern people. They tend to be younger, um, but not exclusively, but they tend, you know, young people yes. coming up are postmodern. But in order for them to. Uh, just sort of live their life and get their point of view across everything that they say to the modern person is a fight because they have to, they discount everything that they believe, you know? So this is why in, in American culture, uh, and it's happened more and you see it happening faster and faster where, uh, children have these really antagonistic relationships with their parents Right. That didn't used to be that way. In the 1800s, the children were going to be farming the same farm that their mother and father did. They were part of the team. Right. They might have had some problems with them. But one of their basic problems wasn't everything you think is wrong. Right. Right. But now it is. So in in the 60s, parents, people, we venerated old people because they really did have useful wisdom. They had seen 50 different cycles of life. 
you know, we have seen 10, 20. Right. So, yes. Uh, but now, you know, our grandparents uh, don't have a lot of to tell us, you know, about, you know, at least how to live in the modern postmodern society. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you mean that in a specific sense, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, in terms of being human and being kind and being good right. and all of these interior values. Plenty of wisdom. Still, absolutely. Plenty of wisdom. Yes. Um, right. But if you are a young parent, you are probably going to have some kind of antagonistic relationship with your child. Absolutely. Because this seems to be happening faster and faster. By the time your three-year-old is 16, they're going to have some ideas that are like, well, I mean, we used this word when we started the conversation, alien. Yes. You know, they're going to have some ideas that are just like, look, that's just not the way the world works. And your, and your son or daughter is going to be like, yeah, I don't think you understand that this is the way the world works. Yes. And it's conflict, conflict. There's so. Oh, Dad. Concentrate.